Welcome back to the Sisters in Sustainability podcast. Like always, I am your host, Victoria Lynn. This week, all the way from Massachusetts, we are joined by a tractor enthusiast and sustainable agriculture advocate, Caroline Holiday. Caroline, thank you so much for being here with us today. We are so excited to get to learn more about what it is that you do. So if you wouldn't mind taking a second to tell our listeners a little bit about yourself. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. Um, so I'm currently located in Western Massachusetts. We have our beautiful city centers in Eastern Mass, Boston, you're familiar with it. And then we have the whole rest of the state, which is a little bit more agricultural and a beautiful place to be. So I manage about, I think we're almost up to 90 acres of hay farm and small livestock operation with my best friend, Steve. And then my like side hustle is that I am a high school math teacher. So those two things fit really well together because the majority of our hay production happens in June, July, and August when the teaching is not happening. So it's a really nice balance and I get to have health insurance. We love that. Listen, obviously in today's world, health insurance is so important. And unfortunately, not many jobs offer us that anymore, but local farming and farming in general, how did you get into that? So I went to an alternative high school and they had a farm program. So they said, you are a obnoxious kid. You are not very nice. I was not a great teen. Uh, and they said, you know, go be in charge of these sheep, go be in charge of a plant, have some self-responsibility, take care of something. And that was really transformational for me because it allowed me to have something that I looked forward to at school every day, come in early, feed my sheep, get out of class because the veterinarian was coming on that day. And then I ended up going to college at the University of Massachusetts Amherst, which has a top five in the nation every year agriculture program with a big focus on sustainable agriculture. I love that. Uh, I know, like I said, I'm a big ag girl. Um, anybody who's involved with farming, I think deserves far more credit than they get because it's incredibly difficult. And not only is it hard to do, it's really stupidly dangerous to do sometimes, mm -hmm. especially when working with livestock. Um, but the sustainable aspect of farming is I think where I was the most excited about. So this week, we're going to be looking at sustainable development goal two, which is zero hunger. And I know mm -hmm. people are probably thinking, what does hunger have to do with farming? But obviously those two things go hand in hand. So Zero hunger is most commonly associated with food insecurity. However, a large target for this goal is promoting sustainable farming practices and encouraging people to embrace ancient farming methods to cut back on carbon emissions and to promote healthy, sustainable growth of crops and livestock. And I'm sure I know I've mentioned this before, but I used to work on a sustainable dairy farm. It was the best time of my life. Had it paid more, I would have stayed there and done it forever. Um, but unfortunately, with inflation and everything, farmers don't make enough money. Um, but there's something about knowing where your food comes from and being a part of that process that is, I just think, so fulfilling. Um, and farming is obviously one of the oldest practices in the world. And for most of the United States, it's what it was built on. You know, this is what we had to do to survive for those first hundred or so years. Um, coming from Pennsylvania, I grew up surrounded by and working on local farms. However, I feel like the average person doesn't have the same love or affinity for farming um, that we do. So what can we do to encourage people to care about farming? 
I think it's connecting them to what you just said. We have to eat every single day. We have a growing population that we are going to need to feed. So it's making it visible and it's also making local agriculture accessible. So whatever that means in your community. I do a lot of work with organizations in the city of Springfield, which is right next door to where I live. And there's a lot of food insecurity happening in the city of Springfield. So partnering with organizations that are involved in urban farming, involved in remediation of sites in cities that are currently not suitable for farming due to heavy metal content, but could possibly in the future be suitable for that. It's also about creating opportunities that make it accessible. So whether that is, we have a lot of mobile markets in Massachusetts, so bringing the farmer's market to you rather than you having to go out to the farmer's market, and also increasing our grocery store availability and access for local food. Massachusetts has done a really good job of making this accessible. Um, a couple of years ago, they passed a couple laws that were about food safety. So effectively, creating food that is recallable in case there was some sort of disease outbreak or another reason that the food needed to be recalled. And that really impacted smaller farmers in Massachusetts. So the state said, okay, we're going to create a program that's going to make this easy for you to be able to market your food to supermarkets that now have these additional regulations. And that was really beneficial at the time I was working on a primarily produce and vegetable farm. So we had to comply with a bunch of new regulations and it was really beneficial that the state set us up for success. So let's talk about local food. I think that was a perfect transition. You know, we've seen a huge spike in the cost of food all across the country due to inflation, due to, you know, growing prices and, and being able to produce food in general. Do you have any tips for people who might want to get involved with farming or even start their own home gardens? It is whatever you can do. So I have tomato and basil plants that are sitting out on my front lawn that's super accessible. I always see a lot of hacks on TikTok of here's how you can get infinite rosemary, basically just by propagating the, the stems, doing the same thing with green onion ends. So whatever works for you, not all of us have access to huge expansive gardens outside, but pretty much everyone can have a mint plant in their kitchen or on their little patio and it tastes so much better when you're able to just grab off a few leaves here and there so i i snoop through all of our guests social media i like to learn more about what you guys do what you talk about um so that i can be better prepared obviously for these interviews but also i want to be educated about what it is you guys talk about so the obsession with tractors tell me about it so i was always a like car truck kid that was always my you know christmas present birthday present would be huge you know lego sets for things or just that and i've always loved driving the biggest vehicle i can in college they let me drive our like dump truck that we would fill uh with you know anything from crop amendments to whatever and it was revolutionary. I love driving huge trucks. So I own a Ford 9030 bi-directional tractor. She's my pride and joy. Um, and I just love the power that comes with having a huge hunk of metal that you are sitting on that is making your job so much easier. 
Uh, this specific vehicle has kind of revolutionized what we're able to do on our farm because it's the largest vehicle that we currently own. We have a lot of other smaller Ford and New Holland tractors, but this one has an insane amount of power behind it. So instead of things that would take us six or 10 trips, we're able to do it in one or two, which is also cutting down on the amount of fuel that we're using. It's cutting down on a number of other things, time. So it's just been fantastic to have her. So staying on social media a little bit, let's talk about Farm Fridays. You know, how did you come up with this concept and how are you using it to promote your community service initiative? I thought that more people needed to know where I like to shop, which is a little self-centered, but people are always like, oh, you're very into local agriculture. Where's the best apple cider? Where's the best sweet corn? Where's the best insert fruit or vegetable that you personally like here? So I thought that it would be a great way to talk about the places that are hidden gems in the area that I live in or places that are very near and dear to my heart. So hoping to continue that throughout the summer, get a couple new faces in there, places that I don't have as much of a history with or places that are interested in partnering with our local organization or state organization, perhaps as sponsorships, things like that. So not only are you a farmer, but you're also a proud member of the LGBTQ plus community. And I think when people think about Miss America, these are not typical concepts. Um, I see a lot of parallels in our stories and everything. And so as people who don't typically fit what was the original Miss America mold, how did you find yourself in the Miss America organization? How did you get to where you are? What what started your interest and, and how did you get to be you know, second runner up to Miss Massachusetts. So I come from a dance and theater family. My mom is a dance teacher. My grandma and I have always been involved in local theater. So it was always something that was on the television. It's something that we would all watch together. And when I was in college, actually, I was watching it with one of my friends at the time. And I was like, I could probably do this. This seems like something that I would enjoy. I love to perform. I love to play dress up. So this is something that I could really see myself doing. And he said, no, you couldn't. And I said, okay, well, I'm going to. The next day I sent uh, an email to someone who would become my local director and one of my closest friends. And I like sharing this story a lot. They actually asked me about it in one of my previous interviews that I had to, to win a title. And they also asked me, are you still friends with that person? And the answer is no, I'm not. Um, so it transformed from a, I'm going to do this for spite to I'm going to do this because of the hundreds of opportunities it affords me to become a part of my community, to share things that I am passionate about to talk to people that I never would have interacted with and to promote things that are important to me across my state. I love that. I, I always, I've said this before on this podcast, but I think it, it just never stops being true. I love listening to the reasons why women became a part of the Miss America organization. I think each of us come with a totally different experience, a totally different background. And yet somehow we have all found ourselves in this organization that is so diverse yet so 
similar. It's one thing that I think pulls us all together in a way that none of us probably expected to. We really do say that it's a sorority in a way. And I think, I think it just, it really is. And, and even though each of us come from a different background that got us there, it's that sisterhood that makes it so cool. So I always love hearing everybody's story, but what comes next for you in promoting your CSI? I think I would really like to expand to other areas of the state. So I live in Western Massachusetts. I'm a Western Mass girl, but there's a lot of other agricultural organizations in central Massachusetts, Eastern Massachusetts, Cape Cod and the islands that I have not yet partnered with. And I think that that's an opportunity for growth. It's also an opportunity for me to do a little bit of traveling. Sometimes things in the summer, especially seem very hunkered down. We have so much to do that we don't take time to get away and experience new things, which is the beauty of being able to travel a very diverse state. Well, I am so excited to see what comes next and what you do in promoting your community service initiative and just farming in general. It is so important. We'll say it a thousand times that, you know, we need farmers and we need more of them. And unfortunately, they don't make enough money, but we need to pay them more too. Um, because without our farmers, we wouldn't have any of what we have now. So I'm grateful to you for everything you do as a farmer and as a farming advocate. Um, but unfortunately, our interview was very quickly coming to a close. They come and go so quickly and it breaks my heart. Um, but I have one last question for you. And it's the question I've asked every single guest. What is one piece of advice that you would give to a young person that wants to help create positive change in the world? I think I would tell them to find someone in their community or beyond it who is making the type of change that they would like to see and not just follow that person on social media, not just watch in a passive way what they're doing, but actually interact with them and figure out how they can replicate that type of change for themselves and in their own community. I love that. I think that's pretty much the best advice I, I think I've heard of, of seeking people out and finding that support. But to our listeners at home, if you want to seek out Caroline and find ways that you can support her or she can support you in learning about sustainable farming, make sure to follow her mission on Instagram at Miss Bay State. And learn more about how you can help achieve the United Nations 17 Sustainable Development Goals by following us on Instagram at Sisters in Sustainability Podcast and at Sustainability Starts With You. Join the hashtag CISPODNation and remember that sustainability really does start with you. Thanks for listening.